to get a chance to listen to them all over again. I mean, we've been on this journey and I've just been making you understand some things around the faith in God, you know, and, and how this can transform your life and how this can take you to the very next level. And it's it's just been amazing on this journey. And And I think it gets to the stage in our lives that we need to understand that the cornerstone of our being is our relationship with God. And we can't do anything other than or apart from our relationship with God. And it has to be said that if you don't get it, you don't get it. Because you see, everything you want to achieve in life, it should be in tandem with doing what God has put you on earth to do. Now, what has God put us here on earth to do? Establish his kingdom. How do we establish his kingdom? Help other people grow. Because once you help other people achieve their purpose in life and their dream, you're establishing the kingdom of God on earth. And there's no how you can't be blessed. And that's why when I see a lot of people trying to keep so much money they can't spend in their 10th generation, I look at them as mad and deluded. And that's why what I have in most of the people called the political class is pity. Because they simply do not get it. How are they sure that how their next generation is even going to spend the money? What you're simply here to do on earth is to make another person better. Maybe in terms of intellectual, in terms of them seeing things, in terms of correcting when they go straight or, or, advising, adva- or advancing and advice because not everybody wants to take correction even when they're wrong. People think they know it all. And just making them better. And if you have the wherewithal and the resource, empower them. Build bridges, build roads for them so that they can do business. Make life simpler for the other person. That's really what we're here to do. Because that's the way to establish the kingdom of God. We create an enabling environment to people we call into the kingdom because it's a wrestle. There's the kingdom of devil, where devil wants people to go into destruction, do all the evil vices and all of that. And there's the kingdom of God. And you know, the kingdom of God has constantly suffered violence. And only the violent can take it by force. So what you should be vigorous about doing is to help people get better in their lives. So any gift God has given you is for you to be able to help people get better. If it's the gift of music, the gift of arts, the gift of anything, oratory, speaking, entrepreneurship, is to, is to make you make other people get better. Because that's the true inspiration. If you're a singer, what does your music do to people? Does your music heal? Does it bring peace? Or does it bring division? So that's the grand scale of the purpose here or not. And if you miss that, you miss the tonic. You miss what it is. You miss what it is. And you see, the problem is we miss what it is a lot. The moment you start to think it's about yourself and it's about self-aggrandizement, then you miss what it is. I know a lot of people manipulate others based on their own selfish interests. 
And that's why I never liked Trump. Because I just feel he's manipulating others based on his own selfish interests and things others don't believe in. No, things he doesn't believe in, but just because of it's it's his own thing for himself. So and you have people that are narcissistic, that they make your struggle be like theirs. And they manipulate others and they say they care, but truly they don't really care. They just want the fame. And I keep asking them, even when you get the fame, what do you do with it? If your fame is not making another life better, then there's nothing to it. Because you see, after all is said and done, these are the things that matter most in your life. And you can only know this if you have faith in God. That he's the pillar that rules your life, the pillar that holds your life, and your call here on earth is to do his bidding. So a lot of people run the rat race. I want to be rich. Why do you want to be rich? If you hear some people's reason for it, they just want to show off. Uh, one of my sister's brother's friend didn't give me, uh, he pushed me out of his house. He didn't allow me to come and watch TV. Remember back in the day, we used to go watch TV in other people's house because in the whole compound, there might only be one person that has TV. Then he pushed me. Then me too, I, I vow. And when I grow up, I'll be rich. I will buy TV. And I will show him. That's a stupid reason to be rich. But that's the reason why a lot of people are rich. They want to show off. They want power. And I look at them and I say, the greatest stupidity of man is, if man can have the power to secure his own life, then I will praise him that he has power. But as long as your life is not in your hands, you don't have power. And if you have the power to secure your own life, why don't you live forever? I think that's the greatest power you should chase, so, to secure your own life. <clears throat> you, you think the best medical services can even secure your life? If God says it's your time, it's your time. So why fool yourself? So that's one of the people that say they have political power, they have this I look at them, I laugh. I say, so, do they have the power to secure their own lives? For me, that's the greatest power. So if you think you have that power, oh, yeah, good. I think that's what you should, yeah. You think it's by amassing money that you can use to better the lives of people? For yourself and you think oh you take yourself abroad when you're ill you think that's what will give you the security of life <laughs> you see we live in grand delusion and it goes back to not having faith in god because if you have faith truly in god you'll make society better for others and that's what i speak here is the hard truth your true faith in god is to make life easier for others to lift when people are down. And when people are lifting you up, don't stay down because you want to use them. And that's one tradition I've seen in Nigeria. People have entitlement mentality. No, you too, you need to. Because you need, the quicker you go up, eh, the quicker you'll be able to lift other people too up. But it goes back to faith in God. Because if you understand that I am crucified with Christ, the life I live now is the life of Christ who loved him and gave, myself to, and gave himself to me, then you wouldn't do some things that would bring other people down. But the question is, you read the Bible, do you believe in it? So I tell people, it's not by reading the Bible really, it's about the conviction of your heart. Then your convictions have to be right with what's in the Bible. Because the Bible has redeemed us. The words there are life-changing. So when would you understand 
that it is your faith in God that can make you run this life. Because you see, the problem is a lot of people have faith in so many things. A lot of people have faith in their boyfriends. And I look and I laugh. It's bad. Please don't have too much faith in man. It's man anyway. He can disappoint you. I knew somebody that her first boyfriend jilted her. She ran mad. Since then, she has not gotten her life back together. This thing happened when she was 23. Bright, promising talent in law school. I tell you, this auntie is 61 now. She has not gotten her life back together. She tried to remarry. She's not mentally stable. So don't put all your trust. It is only God you should have faith in. Some people have faith so much in money. I say money, and I look at them, I laugh. I say money that is a fiat currency. Money that can lose its value overnight. I mean, obviously, you know that if you had 20 million naras at 2015, it's not the same value it has today. Inflation has used it to eat lunch. Even if you hold the dollar, at the rate of inflation rate about 3-4% in America, if you have $1,000 at the start of the year, at the end of the year, your $1,000 is just worth $970. So if your trust is in currency, inflation will eat it up every year. Is that where your trust is? It's in people. They will fail you. Human beings will fail. Human beings are designed to fail. I know it's shocking and surprising, but if you expect everything grand from human beings, you will. What is it? You have faith in people? You have... So, your greatest faith should be in God every time. You have faith in your doctors? They can fail you. You can have faith in them, yeah, take the drugs. But you see, when man fails you, that's when your faith in God kicks in. So the question I'm asking you is, how about you put all these mundane things aside and look at God? You have faith in your political Godfather. He can fail you. He can tell you he'll give you a position today, tomorrow he will change his mind. He's a human being. He's not cast in stone. Say you have political agreement. What is political agreement? It is only God that doesn't fail. You know, me and a Jebu man, we Jebu, we have a saying. I'll say it in the Jebu and translate it to English. We say, Shumlo nerare, shumlo nenyo, shuma tenogonogo. What it means is, you say you don't have yourself, you say you have people, you will be greatly disgraced. That's it. So it is your faith in God that should be the most resolute aspect in your life. As long as you have a direct relationship with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit leads your convictions, that is what is more than anything. And that's why you can live life devoid of crisis because you'll see people that will say stupid things and illogical things very stupid things i mean how many times have you seen people you expect so much from disappoint you by the things they say just to be able to put forward their own agenda 
So everybody knows where his bread is being buttered. Everybody knows where their bread is being buttered. Do you know if the woman you put in the house or the man you put in the house you call your husband or wife is because your bread is being buttered now they are that way with you? You know this guy, Tony One Week, he sang a song in 1998. Very popular song. He said, when money come your way, everybody come your way. When money come your way, everybody busy buddy. When you are there for you, everybody Ben Johnson. Then go deny you, then don't know you again. And that's life. When money come your way, everybody come your way. When money come your way, everybody busy buddy. When you are there for you, everybody Ben Johnson. That mean, Ben Johnson means they will run away. Because Ben Johnson used to be an athlete. World record holder, 400 meters. Ben Johnson. That's why I say everybody Ben Johnson. They will run. So where, where does your faith lie? God or man? The reason why you are, you are, your heart is aching every time is that you've put too much trust in a man. Put your trust in God. That's why you can't live this life without having a relationship with God. And that's why, you know, I love this hill song song. It says, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me trust you and you alone. Because if you don't get to the point where you're trusting without borders, you don't have faith in God, you'll be disappointed. You will be disappointed. Man can fail you. Question is, are you going to have faith in God? Are you going to trust him over man? Or are you going to keep trusting man? And because it is your so much trust in man that makes you want to conquer other people. The reason why you're fighting hard to always conquer other people and suppress them is because you have so much trust in the human ability. That's why you think your capacity is about you having the best army. If I have money, I'll get people to fight him for me. Yeah, you might win today, but do you know tomorrow? Take the stress off yourself. You can't go beyond God's plan for your life. As the way we say it in Yoruba, we say, You can't go beyond God's plan for your life. Yield to his plan. I'm not saying don't walk. Walk when you need to walk. Do commerce when you need to do commerce. But don't cheat people to make it. Gandhi talks about commerce with morality. Don't press other people down for you to rise. There's always a day you'll give account. It's always the day you give account. And you see, you know it's more worse off 
Because you see, on the judgment day, if you are doing evil and you tune into my show and you listen today, God will remind you of today and tell you that, ah, and I gave you another chance. So that big mount boy on radio, Rufai, was talking. And he was talking to you. Instead of you to change, you didn't change. You see, continued in your bad ways. Because this is another chance for you. Faith in God. Let's let's take some calls. The podcast will be up. I'll share it on my Facebook page, Rafael Saini. And across other social media platforms. Podcast will be up. It's still called Faith in God. Right, welcome to this very interesting podcast. So it's going to be the first of its kind. Every morning, what I do is try to give you informed analysis of news stories and things happening in Nigeria around the world. It's going to last about five to ten minutes every single day. And it's your morning delight. It's what you just take for yourself in the morning and get informed analysis by Rufai Oseni. So we're going to start from local stories this morning. I'll look at some key stories making the rounds. Please, I mean, do share this podcast. Uh, the very first story we're going to be dealing with this morning is another bombing of fishermen. I think the Daily Trust is carrying it this morning that Nigerian Air Force plane has also bombed some other fishermen. About, you know, 20 Nigerian fishermen were killed. And this was said to have happened on, uh, you know, Sunday. But it didn't get a lot of attention uh, in the news, you know. Accidental discharge of bombs. Uh, the bombs were intended for the jihadist camp in the northeast, but you know, around the Quata Badam Massa area uh, in Lake Chad, which straddles Nigeria and Benin Republic, Niger, and Cameroon, uh, there was a bomb thrown and it affected 20 fishermen. This is also coming on the heels of, you know, some people, innocent people, bombed a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, there was an appalling story yesterday that the local government chairman gave them 10,000 naira. Although that has been debunked that it's not a compensation anyway. Uh, but uh, we are still waiting on the compensation from the government for these people. Uh, like I said, for that case, I think we should also get compensation by the government for these people. You know, and the Air Force needs to target their bombs effectively. We can't just be losing citizens in the beat of trying to protect them. Because when you look at it, the reason why we're fighting this insurgent war is because we want the livelihood of the people to come back. We want them to come back to their normal lives. And it is very sad when we have one too many stories about bombings of private individuals, of citizens. You know, uh, it's very sad. And something should be done as regards this. You know, another story making the rounds here is... Uh, on Ohanese Ndigbo's reaction to what the northern governors have been saying, and they berates the PDP. So there's been this back and forth. Uh, the southern governor, just a little background to it, they've met a couple of times. They had their Saba declaration, the Enugu declaration, where they made it known that they're in support of you know some form of restructuring yeah, against open grazing. And most of the southern states are passing laws in Nigeria against open grazing and some other you know laws and most importantly the trust of what the southern governors were saying was the fact that based on rotation that presidency must come to the south in 2023 elections and they've pushed this you know idea forward but there's been a reaction from the northern elders forum and this also culminated in a meeting uh, that the community of the meeting was read out by governor la long of joss and the northern governors are not having any of it. They are saying that power coming to the south is not cast in stone. 
that is not part of the that rotation of presidency is not part of the constitution and they're totally against that the funny thing about their meeting is when they met they had their elders there they had you know royalty there they had the emir uh the, the sultan of sokoto there so that's to show you that that's the position of the north the south wants presidency the north is saying no it's not casting stone and they also put a caveat to the argument from the north that you have to come and lobby for it what is the north really driving out the north is enunciating the pain it felt they said they felt a pain and the pain was because good luck jonathan was not supposed to be the president and so this is the dynamic of nigeria you know we interviewed on my television show yesterday we did interview you know former ambassador that did say a former Nigerian ambassador to Switzerland that did say that one of the grouse they have against all of this traditional presidency process was that after Umar Musa Ardua died that good luck Jonathan was supposed to allow power to come back to the north he was not supposed to run for presidency but a lot of people in the south are saying you can't say that if you say that so what about the argument of people for over 35 years you know that have not had power and it's been rotated about people in the north so there's this dichotomy of north and south as regards presidency leading up to the 2023 elections the southern governors are vociferous the northern governors do have vociferous in the middle of it the middle belt forum too they are saying that they are siding with the south and power should come back to the south in all of this the big contention be, will be where will be the role and the place for the Igbo presidency so those are the conversations and that's why ohanez and Igbo is reacting and they're berating condemning the northern governors that how can you say such a thing that for peace and fairness and justice to reign in nigeria power must come back you know down south here uh there's another state uh story here uh out of this day this point that is saying the senate is bemoaning deplorable condition of federal roads nationwide yeah the senate will always bemoan the deplorable condition of roads they are saying that you know over 33,000 kilometers of federal long roads highway spread over 36,000 uh, states of the federation is in terrible state we all know the roads are in deplorable state but the question we keep asking is what are they doing as regards the road you know there's inter they are seeking intervention for 300 billion but we've not seen any more changes in the road and i think for me concerning this federal roads dichotomy we should have a way where we make roads work in this country because you see there are many roads that are terrible now in nigeria that cannot be fixed and even if a state government tries to fix them the federal government says no don't touch it i remember for so many years the, the road that led to the federal airports in lagos was in deplorable states until governor kimomian but they did fix that road so something has to be done and isn't it time that we move away from this bureaucracy of federal roads and that's why a lot of people call for real restructuring in this country because if you restructure things then people will be able to fix roads because in nigeria the way the roads are set out are trunk roads there's trunk a trunk b trunk c there's a federal road there's a state road that is a local government road and a lot of all the uh, status of gov uh, i mean all the tiers of government try to seek autonomy about the roads i mean there are many roads that are terrible in this country the roads of set of roads are deplorable and even the question is do we even have enough roads in the first place you know uh, italy has well over over six hundred thousand kilometers of road for less than three hundred thousand kilometers of uh square meters of land and nigeria has well over 900,000 square kilometers of land and less than 
200,000 kilometers of road, square kilometers of road. So these are things we should look at regards. And this dichotomy, I just feel, is pulling everyone back and it's pulling everything back. I mean, there's some stories making the rounds in the news dailies this morning. Uh, we'll, we'll get more stories. And as we start to get more stories, we'll start to push them in. But please spread this round in-depth analysis of what is happening in the country uh, and news making the rounds and stories making the rounds. These are things that are really, really set, you know, to help you start your day. Another story making the round, I'll just quickly go to the punch. I'll take a couple of stories more and go to the international scene. Is uh, Northern governors under fire over silence as death toll in Kaduna hits 51. And this is very sad. The Northern governors have been under fire because the death toll keeps rising. Uh, we all know the Southern Kaduna crisis and some other crises in Kaduna. Uh, you know, the groups, including Southern Pe Kaduna People's Union, the Johannes Indigo Middle Belt Forum, are keating at the Northern governors because the death toll keeps rising, more corpses, and we all know what is happening. This Zango Kataf situation in, in Southern Kaduna had been there even before the independence of Nigeria. And we don't seem to be able to find the solutions to it. And a lot of these groups are saying that the northern governors are just concerned about talks about uh, you know open grazing, value added tax, while people in Southern Kaduna are dying. You know the Southern Kaduna People's Union, the Sokapu spokesperson, that look at Binyat, you know, capital the governor saying that they are still in yoke with the absolute mentality of one north, but the north is divided. People are dying, people are hurting. And something has to be done about this Sudan Kaduna crisis. You know, it, it has taken an ethno-religious spin. And something needs to be done. We need to find solution to it. So that this brick bath, this unpass, you know, does not continue for another while. The debt will keep rising in Sudan Kaduna. And this is a message out there. So, but real quickly, we quickly move on, take a couple of stories on the foreign scene. And as time goes on, as days goes by, we'll start to expand the stories. What is happening on the foreign scene? Many things happening. There's still a lot of brick bats, you know, between France and the United States as regards the AUKUS deal. And some other stories making the round. So, so let me just see if we can take those uh, foreign stories and see what's happening as regards the economy. Uh, but let, let me start by an editorial here. Uh, it's about a president that wants to stay on forever. His name is Jair Bolsonaro, the president of Brazil. Uh, there's been a lot of back and forth. A lot of people have accused him of corruption and the way he's handled the coronavirus pandemic. But there's a big editorial here that's saying he's saying that only God can pull him out of power. Uh, a lot of people will laugh at that because there's been a lot of back and forth. Uh, former president of Brazil, uh, Inácio Lula da Silva, is his major contender. They're going neck and neck. Elections are coming in thick and fast. A lot of Brazilians have been appalled. In fact, he has 65% Brazilians disapproving of his administration. Let's see how that pans out for him. But there's a big editorial for Jair Bolsonaro. And he's saying that it is only God that can take him out of power. And let's see how that pans out. Janet Yellen is also warning. Janet Yellen is warning that U.S. risks the risk of running out of money by October 18. That U.S. risks running out of money by October 18. So that's the story making the rounds. America will normally you know, raise its debt ceiling to continue to fulfill its obligations, governmental obligations and the likes. Uh, but because of uh, there's no bipartisanship accord and uh, there are a lot of things happening in America. Take, for instance, Joe Biden is trying to pass a stimulus package, you know, and, uh, and there's been a lot of back and forth as regards what happened in Afghanistan. What is currently happening now 
is that you know there's there's been this law as regards raising the debt ceiling and there's been back and forth on previous debt limit impasses and janet yellen is crying that please something needs to be done you know last monday alone there was a bill to raise the u.s borrowing limit but it fails to pass senate's 60 vote filibuster threshold you know republicans voting to reject the measure and democrats who control the senate by the slimmest of margin are now under pressure to raise the limit on their own and avert a government shutdown you know before 12 or 1 a.m on friday so this political bickering is going on uh, between the republican and the democrats there was a text a tense exchange uh by john kennedy republican senator for uh, louisiana uh, while the Democrats were not pushing ahead with raising the debt limit on their own. And Janet Yellen is invoking previous instances when the Democrats work with Republicans to raise debt limit. So this has gone on for quite a while. You know, we'll see how that pans out in America. There's also a crisis in Britain as regards, uh, you know, petroleum uh, panic. You know, the pound sank really to its lowest. There are fears of now stagflation. Uh, as investors are worried that you know fuel crisis could lead to a sharp slowdown in economic growth, at the same time there's a surge in inflation. So the pound sterling fell as much as 1.2 percent yesterday, uh, and that's the biggest one-day drop uh, to the dollar, and, and that has been going on. Analysts are panic are saying that panic buying was a symptom of broader supply chain problems. You know there's been shortages of fuel and some other products. All of this started really because of uh, the Br- Britain not having HGV drivers, you know, tanker drivers and lorry drivers that can supply things. And all of this is a diabolic to what happened during Brexit, you know, that there's been a big problem for Brexit. Most of the Europeans from other parts of Europe that come into England, they normally would take all these jobs. But you don't have a lot of people on ground to do these jobs because of the conditions of work. Now, even Boris Johnson is trying to have like a quick medium visa scheme sure that these people still come in and do the job but the contrast to it, you know, they have to leave by December and, and the protagonists on ground. Uh, they are saying the possibilities of doing military in to come and drive this truck. But the question is how sustainable it, it, is it? There's still lots of backlog in Britain and some other parts. Let's see how this pans out in the coming days. Uh, there's also a talk about Ofgem. Ofgem is the regulator, you know, for energy in the UK. Uh, they're they're really sad that you know the, those suppliers of household gas uh, didn't make enough provisions you know for a crisis like this. Uh, Demot Norland he headed Ofgen before until January 2020. Uh, he, you know, said from the benefit of hindsight, he will have implemented stronger licensing conditions for both existing and new suppliers. There's also been a gas crisis in the UK. It's just been you know, a supply chain battle for the UK. Very sad prospect and all of that. Very, very painful outlook for the UK. And many other things happening. Uh, Real quick, let's go to some sports stories. Uh, We've done some national stories, business, and we go to some sports uh, stories this morning on this podcast. And I hope uh, this will help you. So just do well to share. Uh, lots and lots of things happened yesterday. Lots of sporting activities. We'll get around one of them real quickly and make emphasis. You know, all of the sports stories for a couple of teams, uh, and and all of that. But there's a story here making the rounds that say Pep is saying it's impossible to control Messi, 
I mean, we've always, we've always talked about that, you know, and uh, let's see how that pans out. It's 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 going to be tough for the coach of Paris Saint-Germain to control Messi, really, because when you see it, Messi comes with his own baggage. But, you know, uh, it's, it's, it, it's, it's amazing. But let, let's see. But Messi had a great day yesterday. It's been a peripheral figure in the second half at Pac the Prince. Uh, but Manchester City pushed for an equalizer and he was watching and waiting for his moment. And, and that continued. And he came in the 74th minute. Uh, you know, when he was positioned inside his half on the right side of the pitch, you know, Messi collected the ball from Marco Verratti, such passed in front of him and overlapping. And, you know, I did a lot of great work yesterday. And, uh, but it was ended PSG 2, Manchester City 0. Messi was phenomenal in the game. But also, like I said before, how to control Messi will be the problem by Paris Saint-Germain coach. Also, for opposing teams, when Messi starts to find a spark, controlling him will be a problem. So just a problem of control. Either way, for Messi. This is the making the rounds. Uh, also, Porto Hamad Liverpool 5-1 yesterday. Also, the Champions League. Uh, let me give you a full classified report now for the Champions League. Of the Champions League and see how it pans out. Yesterday there were games out of Europe. Yesterday the Champions League pretty much continues today. Club Brugge beat RB Leipzig 2-1. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain were winners 2-0 yesterday. Porto hammered Liverpool from the Champions 5-1. Real Madrid uh, had a uh, had a loss yesterday 2-1 to Sheriff. Ajax did beat uh, Besiktas of Turkey 2 0. Shakhtar Donetsk uh, had a draw. Uh, spot, uh, Ajax, beg your pardon, did beat Spotting 5 1. RB Leipzig also did uh, do well uh, yesterday. So there was a couple of other games. Two that were played. I'll just run through it once again and give you the results. Uh, PSG 2 0. They were winners against uh, Manchester City. Messi came through. Uh, Club Bruges 2 1 against RB uh, Leipzig. 2 1 winners against Milan. Milan had a red card in that game. Donetsk nil nil draw uh, with uh, Inter Milan. And today, the games that will be on today, Atlanta will be playing Young Boys. That's going to be around uh, five forty-five. Zenit, Saint Petersburg will play Malmo. Wolfsburg will play Sevilla. Uh, Bayern Munich will be playing Kiev, Dynamo Kiev. Uh, RB Leipzig. We were playing Lille. Uh, Chelsea will take on Juventus. Chelsea will take on Juventus. That's going to be a great game. Uh, but I'm not sure Ngolo Kante will be able to make it. He's not going to be able to make it. He's down with coronavirus. Uh, Barcelona will take on Benfica. 
that's going to be at eight. Uh, Man United will take him Villarreal. So that's about all all of your Champions League roundup uh, this morning on the podcast. So please share this around. I'm sure it's going to help a lot of pe- uh, people out there. And let's see how this pounds out. This is your daily news podcast with Rafael.